You know, there's, uh, before I get into this morning, uh, there's, there's this, we call it fear of missing out, that seems to drive people today. Uh, and, and it can be worldly things, and it can be church things. Uh, fear of missing out. You know, we were talking about gambling this morning and, and some of the ills of that and, and what can come about. But I really believe fear of missing out drives a lot of that. You're afraid you're going to miss out on whatever that big jackpot is, and, and you keep chasing that instead of chasing Christ. But we see the same thing in the church world. We have this fear of missing out, so we chase after the next prophet. And I, I could talk for a good long time about what a prophet is. It's not a seer or a fortune teller, but it's someone that declares the word of the Lord. That's the root of being a prophet. It's not trying to tell you your fortune and what's going to happen or not happen. But people will chase that, and they'll chase after something for fear of missing out uh, that next move or that next word spoken into their life. And what they do is they end up getting into this unbiblical pattern of not being rooted and grounded into a local church body with believers that care for you. Because when you chase after these other things, no one knows you. You just walk in and out. And then 99.9% .9 of the time, that preacher don't know you and don't have a word for you and he's not going to attend your funeral and he's not going to come visit you in a hospital or so forth and so on. Fear of missing out. But I believe that when I, here in about a month, when I, I start talking about some things ahead, we need to develop a sense of fear of missing out here and we need to get rooted and grounded established here because I believe that God has good and mighty things in store I can already feel it I can already see it he's leading me in that direction in messages and matter of fact I've got a, a series that I'm starting today that was I, look sometimes I probably shouldn't be so transparent but sometimes when you're searching for that message, it, it's, you just feel dry sometimes. And, and you don't know exactly what it is that God would have you to say in this season. Yesterday, I changed sermons at least two times. I've got notes laying on my desk at the house that you can probably pick up and at least stumble through from different sermons that I had prepared for this morning. And then I just felt like, God, I'm just dry and I'm just... And let me tell you, I can pick up the Word and read the Word, and that's the Word of God. That, it, it's, it really is that simple. And there are going to be points where, whether it's me or whether it's another minister, if you're preaching 150 sometimes a year, uh, sometimes you're just going to feel like you're dry and you're just preaching the Word of God. And that's okay because preaching the Word of God is preaching the Word of God. But I didn't want to just preach the Word of God this morning. I needed to know what God wants for right now. Amen. For this season, for this hour, for this church. Amen. And if you've been keeping up with the, the, the prayer devotional videos, very early on in that was about keeping a prayer journal. And I started doing that. I actually bought one. I keep it in my desk drawer and I grab it out every day. And I will write a prayer. I've got prayers that I say every day, but then I'm keeping this journal of certain things. And yesterday, about midday, I grabbed this journal out. 
And, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was that, Lord, I need your divine move now. I need to know what you once said to your people. And I wrapped it up and I put it back in my drawer. Then I went downstairs for a bit just to kind of clear my mind. And then I went back upstairs and it hit me, rise up. Rise up. And not just for this morning. This morning is going to just kind of lay the, the groundwork for some things that are ahead. But I've got a whole list of sermons now of Scripture and title because God gave them to me yesterday. Because I got desperate because I went to the Lord and I said, I need to know what it is for now. Now I can come in and I can preach to you that Jesus saves and that He is the way, the truth, and the life. I can pick Scripture and preach to you and tell you the virtues of following Christ and the necessity of having Christ. And it is good and it is true. But sometimes we just need to be in a season of right now. We need to be in a season where God is speaking something special and relevant to right now. And I believe that's where we're at. And I believe that there are good things ahead because God has got us in a season of right now. So I believe we need to develop a sense of fear of missing out. If you're watching online, you need to be fearful of missing out of what's going on here. If you're looking for a church, you need to come here and join in and wait. Get rooted and established. Because if not, I fear that people are going to miss out on something mighty and great that God has in store for us. This morning is rise and follow. But I'm going to go through multiple things. I'm not going to go through just a passage like I typically do, though I am going to start and end at the same point, which is Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. And as you find that, or if you want to read off the screens, either way, but if you would stand in reverence to the reading of the Word. It says, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom or at the tax collector's booth. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat, and it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came, sinners and tax collectors, sat down with him and his disciples. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you. Lord, for your power, for your presence, for your promises, for your call. Lord, that you are here with us now, even as we speak, even as we pray. Lord, there is no delay in our prayers reaching heaven because you are here with us now. Lord, I fully believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, is again passing by, just as in the Scripture. Lord, I pray that as He passes by this morning, Lord, that we would have that call and feel the sense of urgency to rise up, Lord, and follow after the Savior of the world. Lord, be with us today and let what we do glorify and honor You. In Jesus' precious and holy name, 
Amen and amen. You know, Christianity should be uh, an, an action. It's not just who you are. It should also be what you are and what you do. It, it, it should be your actions, your state of being. It shouldn't just be a title that goes with what you put after your name. I'm Steve. I'm a Christian. It should be, I'm Steve. This is what I do day to day. It should be action. But likewise, that call, rise up, indicates action. It indicates something that needs to be done. They're simple words, but they function as a command to do more, to be more, to say more, and to act more. If we want to get right down to it, the, the call to rise up is a call to more. And I want you to keep that in your mind as we go forth from service to service and week to week that this is a call to more. I, I, I told you as I finished up that last series that I was doing, no more, just enough. Well, now it's time to put a call out and it's a call to more. It's a call to do more. It's a call to be more. It's a call to say more. And to act more. It's a call to do more personally. Now I'm telling you that a call to more is not just a corporate call. But rather it is also a very personal call. But it is also a call to more corporately. It's a call to more for the kingdom. Not just for what we see on this earth. But it is a call to more for the kingdom of God. And it is not just more, but it is also different. It's a call to a different posture, to a different work, to a different mindset, to a different commitment, to a different faith. Now I'm not talking about different as in following someone different. I'm talking about different as in taking your faith from wondering if God can to knowing it is a certainty, but wondering when God will. I'm talking about a different faith that no longer wonders if you're going to make it to church on Sunday, but you're eager to also be in church on Wednesday because you know that God did it Sunday morning, that He did it Sunday night, and that He's going to move on Wednesday night just the same. I'm talking about a different level of faith, a different level of commitment, a different posture before the Lord, uh, of coming in boldly before a throne of grace, of no more wondering, but coming with certainty because you know that God Almighty is the answer for all things that we need, that He is the one that can deliver and set free. I'm talking about more and different. I'm talking about this kind of rising up. The kind of rising up that calls you to go before Pharaoh and demand that he set his people free. Demand freedom for the oppression of God's people. Who is Pharaoh? I don't know who your Pharaoh may be, but I'm certain that a lot of people in here have Pharaohs in your life that oppresses you, that holds you down, that keeps expecting more and more with less and less, that will tempt you and tease you. I think the new terminology that people like to use is gaslighting that comes from a term from a 1940s movie that keeps dragging you along and making you doubt your personal reality. 
We all have those kind of Pharaohs. But let me tell you what happens when you listen to the Lord. The Lord said unto Moses, rise up. He told Moses to rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. It's time that some people will rise up and they will go and they will stand before their Pharaoh and they will look him dead in the eyes and declare what Moses said to Pharaoh. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. It's time that we stood up and we looked at our Pharaoh and we say, Let me go. It's time that I go and serve the Lord God Almighty. It's time that I go and serve the one that has set me free. It's time that I declare the freedom that God has for me and that I walk out from the oppression and that I walk into the newness that God has. But can I tell you what else rising up is? It is a notice to the enemy that when the provision, the law, and the miraculous power of the Lord goes first, that the enemy must flee. Can I tell you, Pharaoh just doesn't have to let you go, but he also has to flee from you. How do I know this? Because whenever the ark set out, that's the law of God. In, within the ark was the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Within the ark was the jar of manna, the provision of God. Within, within that ark of the covenant was the rod of Aaron that budded, the miraculous power of God. The law, the provision, and the power of God was all in that ark of the covenant. But whenever it set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord. We need to look at God to Today, and we need to say, Oh Lord, arise and let your enemies be scattered. You see, the enemies of the righteous are not just your enemies, but the enemies of the righteous are also the enemies of God. And we have the right, we have the authority, we have the ability to go before God Almighty and look at Him and say, Arise, Oh Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them run from east to west. Let them get out of my path. And let those who hate you flee from before you. That's Numbers 10 and 35. You see, Pharaoh just don't have to let you go, but Pharaoh also has to flee from the very presence of the righteous. You just have to rise up. Can I tell you, it's also a call to build back for the kingdom of God. Now, I love to shout, but I also like harsh reality. Now, we've got a fantastic crowd this morning, I feel like. You look around and the sanctuary is dotted from corner to corner. But we also have another group over there working with children this morning. Amen. It looks good for this day and time because COVID decimated attendance. Amen. And I'm thankful that we're getting back. I'm thankful that we're getting to a place where people are wanting to gather. But not just this church, but I remember church after church 20, 30 years ago being full. When Easter would come around, you couldn't find a seat. On a regular Sunday, it was still pretty full. And it's declined steadily in the United States year after year after year. And we've reached a point to where we need to build back. We've reached a point to where things are decimated and destructed and tore down and old. Now I'm not saying that as a way of rebuke. I'm not saying that as a way to denigrate anything that we have going on right now. I think we've got one of the most beautiful sanctuaries within the denomination. We've got some of the absolute best equipment to broadcast online 
that, that a lot of churches our size just simply do not have. We're in a good spot. But when it's compared to what God can do and what God has done, we're pitiful. We need to build back. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in and how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of God that had been upon me for good and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up. Maybe I should have just started with that verse because I spoke to the king. I begged him, God, I need to know what you want for this hour and this moment. I talked to him and said, what do you need us to do? Let us rise up. Let us rise up. Let us move to action. Let us find something different. Let us find something more. Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. This morning is a call above all else to everyone sitting in here. Everyone that takes part online, it's time for you to strengthen your hands for the good work of the Lord. I'm telling you that I can't do it on my own. James can't do it on his own. Rudy can't do it on his own. Boyd can't do it on his own. No one in this church can do it on their own. Stanley needs help up here with praise and worship. I'm getting help. Thank God that he's raising up ministers. And I'm getting help in the pulpit and declaring thus saith the Lord I thank God for what he sent them but we need all hands on deck we need everybody to strengthen their hands for the good work of the Lord it is time to rise up as a call to build back the kingdom of God can I tell you it's also a call of resurrection to things that need new life rise up is a call of resurrection now we immediately think of John 11, and I believe it's 24, 25, 26, right in that area. I am the resurrection and the, and the life. But I also look over in Acts, and there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha or Dorcas. Someone that was saintly. She was full of good works and acts of charity as she become ill. She died. We've got a lot in the church that used to be full of good works. They used to be full of acts of charity and love. And somewhere along the line, they got hurt. Somewhere along the line, they lost their first love. They still show up but they're not active. Christianity is a label, a tag, and a name on a membership book. But it's not an action form. Now that was where Tabitha was at for a brief season. She had been full of acts of charity and love and good works, but the life went out of her. Now for her, it was a very literal thing. They even prepared her body for burial. They washed her up. 
Maybe that's where we get the term washed up from. I don't know. They put her in an upper room. But there was someone named, it was Lida that was near Choppa and the disciples. And they heard that Peter was there, sent, Lida sent two men to him. Please come to us without delay. So you know what Peter did? Here's a call. There are people that are sick. There are people that are walking away. There are people that just show up and they're not active. Here's the call. Rise up. Because they called Peter and said, you need to come. We need something to happen in this church. I'm telling you this morning, we don't need something to happen. Something is already happening. We just need to walk in it. We need to believe in it. We need to grab a hold of it. But we need to do what Peter done when the call went out, like the call I'm issuing you this morning. Peter rose and went. I need people that will rise up and will go. I need people that will come to the site of the disaster, to the site that needs building, to the site that needs resurrected, and do what Peter done because when he arrived, he went to the site that needed help. And all the widows were standing around and they were weeping and crying and, and carrying on, but Peter just put them out. He put them out. And he knelt down and he prayed. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know what the call is upon your life, but I know you're called to something. And I can tell you one thing with certainty that every one of you in this building is called to do, and that is pray for this body of believers. It is to, to pray for the direction of this church. It is to pray for the leadership of this church that we can all be on in one mind and one accord so we can push forward for what God has. God might have also called you to teach. He might have also called you to sing, but He has called you to pray. Because when you rise up and you go to the scene that something needs to happen and God needs to move, what happens is you can turn and look at that dead thing that needs new life and you can say, arise. And you know what happened? When Peter looked at her and said, Tabitha, arise, she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. This is a call to arise. If you are dead, if you're feeling a little under whatever you used to be, if you're feeling like you're not integrated into things like you ought to be, I don't know, any, nobody else knows if you will not rise up and open your mouth. And I'm giving you that call this morning to arise. I'm looking at you, I've been praying, and I'm telling you, arise. I need you to rise up. I need you to open your eyes. I need you to look and I need you to get moving. Can I tell you what else it is? It is also a call to accept your healing. Now how do I know that? Because in Luke 5.25 talking about a miracle it says He immediately rose up before them. And picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. 
Now, God can touch you. God can heal you. I know this for a fact. I've seen it. This is not a second-hand account. This is a first-hand witness testimony that I've seen God dry blood that was flowing out of a person. I've seen God touch and remove cancer. I've seen God do the miraculous on finances. Again, I'm not talking about a second-hand hearsay someone told me. I'm telling you that I've seen God move in miraculous ways physically, financially, spiritually, releasing people, setting people free from the possession of demons, providing money upon money for things that were needed in an urgent sense of healing people that had physical ailments that was detrimental to their health. I've seen God move. But I also know with certainty and fact that there comes a point when God is touching you and God is trying to heal you that you have to accept it and you have to rise up and go forth glorifying God. I don't care what the doctors are telling you sometimes. I don't care what history has told you or what your neighbor is telling you. If God touches you and God moves upon your body, it is your responsibility and it is your job to rise up and go forth glorifying God. So sometimes rise up as a call to accept your healing. Above all, I believe it's a call to be released from your bondage. You know, we look at bondage as evil things. Sometimes bondages are things right here in this church. For Peter, he was bound in prison. I'm going to leave all that other alone for now. I'll get to it. Not today, but I'll get to it. Peter was bound in prison. We always look over to Paul. We talk about evangelists and, and turmoil for Christ and the things that he went through, and I'm going to talk about that tonight. But it seems we always leave out Peter. Peter was the one that preached and seen 3,000 people saved on one day and added to the church. Peter was in prison before Paul went to prison. Paul was in prison over in Acts chapter 16. Peter was there in Acts 12. Herod was about to bring him out. On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door regarding the prison. Paul and Silas, they just took and locked in stocks in the middle of the prison and forgot about them. Peter, Peter though, they wanted to make sure. It almost seems like they didn't care as much about Paul getting loose as they did about Peter. Because not was he just in prison, not was his feet just in stocks, but they bound him twice. There wasn't one guard, there was two sleeping right beside him. And there were sentries before the door, guards before the door. They wanted to make sure. And I tell you this morning, the devil wants to make sure that you stay right where he has you. He's not treating you like Paul. He's not just putting you somewhere where he can't keep eyes on you and forgetting about you. But rather, I believe our enemy, our adversary, treats us much like Peter. He doesn't leave us unattended, but He sits right beside us. He doesn't just try to bind us with one thing, but rather He puts us in chains twice. 
He wants to make sure we do not escape. But greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. Greater is He that can deliver me and provide me freedom, lives within my soul, has died on a cross to set me free, has went into the grave to conquer death, hell, and the grave for me, has resurrected and is seated at the right hand of the Father so that He can intercede for me. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to Him. You can shun and shame people that talk about guardian angels all you want but we see about angels throughout the Bible and we are even told that sometimes we can entertain angels unaware there was an angel standing beside of Peter and I'm telling you that God will dispense the entirety of his heavenly host if he has to to help those that love him and that honor him and chase after him and when someone has you double chained someone has you in prison someone is guarding the door to make sure that you don't get away behold there's an angel of the Lord that's standing by behold the God Almighty that reigns over heaven and earth that created all things will send an angel and will shine a light down when you're in darkness he'll make sure that it's lit up because for Peter next to him stood an angel and the light shone and he struck Peter on the side and he said wake up Wake up. People, it's time to wake up and understand that you don't have to stay bound up to yesterday. You don't have to stay bound up to whatever's been troubling you. You don't have to stay bound up to the devices of the devil. But rather, there's an angel telling you to rise up. Get up quickly. Because when you do, the chains fall off. There is a call to rise up and let the chains fall off. There's a rise, a call to rise up personally and let the chains fall off. There's a, a call to rise up corporately and let the chains fall off. The call to rise up is a call to be released from bondage. It is time to rise up. It is time to listen to what God is saying to His church. He is tired of people sitting on a pew. He is tired of people not acting upon His love and upon His commandments. He is calling a church to rise up. And I believe that He is passing by today and there is a group of people that He is looking at. He, is, he could very easily just be walking by and say, Stanley, follow me. Brian, follow me. Jody, follow me. But when he calls to follow, there is an immediate reaction that must be done. We must be like Matthew. It doesn't matter what we're doing, but when Jesus has passed by, we have to rise up. We have to rise up to answer the call of the Lord. You see, when you answer that call, Matthew was a tax collector. Nobody liked a tax collector. He was the scourge of society. He was taking everybody's money. I feel the same way about the IRS today, but that's neither here nor there. He was taking people's money. He was with the enemy in every sense of the word. He was with the enemy in every sense of the word. He was working for the Roman government. 
He was taking people's money from Jewish neighborhoods and giving it to the Roman government. That's what a tax collector done. But what he found was freedom from bondage. You see, Jesus issued the same call then that He is issuing now, that He is issuing today to Mill Creek Church of God to rise up and follow Him. And Matthew rose up and he followed Him and he found freedom from bondage. He found the boldness to speak to Pharaoh, to speak to the enemy. He found a resurrection of things that he thought was too far gone within him. You see, he was a Jew. He was someone that was born into this thing. He understood the Torah. He knew what he was supposed to be looking for. But somehow it got buried up deep down inside of him and he had left his first love and he was setting collecting taxes for the Roman government. But all of a sudden, when Jesus Christ come by and issued the call and He went into action, all of a sudden there was a resurrection of things that were buried deep down into Him that had died. You see, those gifts and callings of God are without repentance, people. They are without repentance. He accepted a healing of His soul. He didn't have a physical healing to accept, but He rose up and accepted a healing of His soul. He rose up and started building something new and restored for a new covenant bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. But it all starts with action. It all starts with you rising up. You see, Jesus passed by and there was a man named James there was a lady named Doreen there was a lady named Jody a man named Stanley Brian sitting there and he said follow me now my question this morning is will you do like Matthew because Matthew was sitting there and Jesus come by and He said, follow me. And He rose up. He rose up. And what happened when He rose up? You see, we're not all going to look the same in church. And, and I'm working on this to close. We're not all going to look the same in here. But when I rise up, people like me will see. And Jesus will be there with Him. When you rise up, people like you will see. You see, if you're a biker, you're going to be around bikers. And Jesus will be there. If you're in the sports, Jesus will be there. He'll see it. Whatever the walk of life, whatever is going on, if you're a farmer, you're going to be around farmers. Matthew was a tax collector. And as soon as Matthew rose and followed Jesus, you know where Jesus was seen? Reclined at a table with tax collectors. You see, this ain't so much about you rising up for you. That's one of the messages that I've got. It's a message about you rising up to raise others. Now it is so you can be raised up, which is also another message in this. 
but it is about also rising up others. But the very first thing you need to do is follow Him. I don't mean half-hearted. I don't mean so your names can be on the books. I don't mean so you can say that I attend this church so that you'll have someone to preach your funeral. Uh, Some people come to a church for a little bit knowing they're getting ready to die for that purpose. I know it sounds morbid, but it's true. I'm talking about following Him. I'm talking about being so close to Him that He can't turn around without knocking you down. And when you do that, not only can you find, but you can help others find freedom from bondage. You can find boldness to speak to that Pharaoh. You can see the resurrection of things you thought were too far gone. You can come to a place where you understand the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You can start accepting healing. You can start building new things for the glory of the kingdom of God. Jesus is passing by. And He don't have to call your name specifically. I promise you that every one of you in here has the exact same call issue to you. Jesus is calling you by your own individual name and telling you, follow me. But it starts first with you rising to accept the call. And my altar call this morning is exactly that simple. I believe with everything in me that Jesus is passing by. Will you rise up? You can rise up to come and kneel and pray. You can rise up to to walk and worship. You can rise up to sing. But what I know is that you need to rise up. You need to get up out of your seat. You need to lift your hands to God Almighty. You need to lift your voice to God Almighty. You need to move your feet for God Almighty. You need to dedicate your life to a God that died on a cross so that you don't have to die and go to hell, but so that He could sit at the right hand of the Father today making intercession for you and for me so that He can provide you everything that you need every step of the way. The call is just this simple. Will you rise up?